big thank you to Mary Green for her music, her composition, Passing Places. You can find out more about Mary Green on her website at myregreen.com or pop on to bonnytours.com and you'll find a link to her website. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Passing Places. I say every week it's my personal podcast, my personal diary about my travels around Scotland, mainly by motorhome, but also by motorcycle and with some hill walking thrown in for good measure. Now, rather unusually, you join me at home. You might hear the different sound quality. It's not quite uh, the same as in the van. And after seven weeks or so travelling all around Scotland and popping on to one or two or three of the islands, I find myself back home. I managed to push open the door to a big pile of junk mail and, and amongst it some red bills, which was the main reason I came home was to sort out all the administration and things that come with a postcode and uh, being a still a, a registered member of society. <laughs> now I left you last week uh, talking about the island, the very sad story about the island of Stroma. And this week I want to focus on a much more positive island in terms of its recent history, and that's the island of Gia. So most of the episode is about Gia and how I found myself over on the Mull of Kintyre yet again. And also at the end I'd like to just uh, mention a few things about passing places. I think giving them home I'm in a bit of a reflective mood and passing places after 12 weeks at the top of the new and noteworthy section of iTunes has taken a tumble. I think after 10 to 12 weeks you get uh, bumped off because you're no longer new. So I'm expecting a bit of a dip in my downloads and I need to spend a fair bit of time promoting the podcast to ensure that it has visibility online because I won't have the assistance of iTunes in the coming weeks. So let's talk about uh, the last seven days or so and in particular my visit to the island of Gia. I was over in the Mull of Kintyre at uh, Moosedale, I think is the correct pronunciation. I was calling it all sorts of things last week, but uh, I think the correct name is Moosedale. I was staying at Moosedale Caravan Park. It's a fantastic site with uh, the beach on the doorstep and some, some fantastic sunsets over Gia, which is the island which just is about three miles off the coast. And you pick up a ferry from the little village of Tain Lone. And the ferry goes over on a roughly an hourly basis. It's quite inexpensive. You can park your car. There's quite a large car park at Tain Lone at the ferry terminal. And you can go over as a foot passenger. And you can take your bicycle if you have one for free. So my sister Katie and her husband Dermot had joined me for the weekend. And we went over on the ferry to Gia on the Saturday. And it was a lovely day. And the ferry journey over was... Very calm, and the views are are great. Uh, you can see all, all up and down the Mullican Tire. You get a great view of the uh, Point Point Sands Caravan Park or campsite, which I've stayed on a number of times in the past. And when you arrive on Gia, it is absolutely magical. Once the four or five cars had got off the ferry, we wandered off and it's a ten minute uh, walk up a little single track road to the main, I say the main village, it's a cluster of houses with a shop and post office, petrol pumps and a gallery. And on the way up you pass the, the boathouse cafe, 
and as I say, it was a lovely, warm, sunny day, and we sat on a bench and looked out over the the coastline and the most fantastic beach, with very, very shallow water uh, for hundreds of yards. And the colours, I mean, I've never been to any of these island paradises, but it was a whole range of white, cream and golden sand with every colour of turquoise, blue, green, uh, sea and little boats sitting out in the bay and some puffy white clouds and bluebells and wildflowers and it was just a, a really amazing atmosphere. There's something about uh, being on an island, particularly a small island, which for me it's a it's almost a comfort. You realise that you're Unless that ferry comes back, there's only a small number of people on the island and it's just so quiet and complete in some sort of way. So we sat there and I uh, just soaked up the atmosphere and then we walked up the another five minutes and the shop and post office is currently closed. They're looking for new management or new owners. And we popped into, there's a, a gallery where you can buy all sorts of uh, crafts and uh, paintings. And then we took a walk back down. Sorry, there's a hotel next to the, the gallery, which has accommodation and food. And we walked down to the, the boathouse cafe, and they have a wooden decking area outside. And we had a cold drink, and right next to the, the boathouse cafe, there's another lovely little beach. And I took Skid down onto the, the beach, and he paddled around in the water. And it's just one of these memories that I'll always have of being on gear. It was just partly the, maybe the weather really uh, made a difference, but it was such a peaceful, tranquil, beautiful, fertile little island. And to know that the island is so different from Stroma, because Gia has been inhabited since prehistoric times, but like many Scottish islands, it suffered quite a bit of depopulation. Uh, population probably peaked around five or six hundred people in the 18th century and the island had been in private hands since then it changed hands a number of times and it was finally through the um, community buyout scheme the islanders were able to buy the island in 2002 from its then owner i think the cost was about four million pounds now the islanders managed to do a, a lot of fundraising and they also got uh, funds, loans and grants from various national bodies but it was a, a lot of debt to take on to take on the management and the challenge of turning gear around and 12 years on, 11 years on it's very very clear that uh, to date they have been very very successful so the islanders have managed to invest a great deal of time and effort and money into gear since the buyout was completed in 2002. They had to significantly upgrade some of the existing housing stock because it was below a tolerable standard and they've also invested in their own uh, wind farm. So they have three wind turbines, I think they call them the Dancing Ladies and that provides electricity to the islanders and there is still electricity which they can sell and export to the national grid. The islanders have also managed to develop social housing and there's a number of private businesses have set up on gear. So I think the population 
has continued to grow since the completion of the buyout. And it's still early days and the islanders still have quite a bit of debt to manage. But the future looks very good for Gia if they can continue to make the progress and develop the momentum that they've managed in the first 10 or 11 years. I think they call the, the day in uh, 2002, I think it was in March when they finally completed the buyout, I think they call it Independence Day, which is, uh, I think it's quite nice. So I can't recommend highly enough a visit to Gia. It's a, a fair old journey to get over to the Mullican Tyre, but once you're in that area, as I say, it's a regular ferry service. It's only 20 minutes over. It's a, it's a must-visit island, and I'm sure the island would benefit from as much tourism as it possibly can in the coming years ahead. So visit Gia. You'll be amazed at the, the beaches, the, the whole landscape of the place. I, I really... Only spent a couple of hours there and I'll need to go back and perhaps I'll be able to manage to arrange somewhere to stay overnight, maybe even take the van over. And if I do, I'll certainly report back on the podcast. So after our visit to Gia, we came back to Moosedale to the campsite and as I say, it'd been a fantastic day. So we decided that we'd have a barbecue on the beach. There had been a couple in a tent just uh, next to my van who were there for a week and they had collected a big pile of driftwood and they'd taken, they were going to take some home but they left me uh, enough driftwood for a really good fire so we headed down onto the beach and we had a couple of barbecues and we had chicken and venison burgers and venison sausages and we tucked into uh, the botanist gin which I still had from Isla a few weeks before and we had some wine and once we'd had the barbecue I lit the fire on the beach and we sat there to fantastic, an absolutely fantastic sunset over the little island, Kara Island, which is just off the, the south coast of Gia. So we had a, a fantastic evening. It just topped off a really memorable day visiting Gia. So we got up the next day and again the weather uh, was promising to be really good in the afternoon. And I decided to stay on until the Monday. And the only other thing I'd like to mention about my trip back down to Stirling was uh, bluebells. Everything has started a bit late this year, but I was really surprised around the Arica area going up to um, Mullacantyre that everywhere I looked there was, it was reminded of the, the lavender that you see in France, down in the south of France and places like Provence. The hillsides were just carpeted, much uh, stronger blue-purple colour, but bluebells everywhere. And it's something to do with uh, everything starting a bit later this year. But everybody I've been speaking to or following on Twitter and Facebook has been talking about bluebells. And I've never seen bluebells out on the open hill like that before. I've always thought of them as a, a woodland flower that uh, really pops up around the areas where there's dappled shade or enough light coming in to allow them to get up before the undergrowth comes in as the season goes on but it's just amazing the bluebells in Scotland this year I really should have taken some good photographs but uh, I never managed So I've put the van back into storage for a few days and it'll probably be Monday or Tuesday of next week before I head off again 
as yet undecided where I'll go. I'll take a weather check. We're certainly looking at good weather in Scotland. Today's Friday. Good weather over the weekend. And I'll see what next week brings. So I really have got itchy feet. I've only been back a few days and I'm desperate to get back out the door. And I'm already following a number of people, particularly on Twitter, who travel on a full-time basis. And I'm thinking, am I going to become a, a nomad? Do they call it a hobo, I think, in America? Somebody keeps calling themselves a hobo. But uh, I really do want to think maybe longer term about what I do, about uh, bricks and mortar. I think in the longer term, to travel full-time, you would have to consider mainland Europe, Spain, France and beyond. So maybe that's... Uh, four or five years away, but I would like to uh, think that one day I could move into the van, probably a different van, but maybe travel on a more full-time basis. But my immediate plan this year is to spend as much of the remaining months in the van as I possibly can. And I do want to have a quick chat about reviewing passing places to date. Not least of all, because I'm heading off to France in July, I think mid-July, I head down south through England and I'll be away for perhaps four weeks, maybe a bit longer. So I was thinking, do I have a little break from the podcast or would people appreciate uh, hearing the sounds of France and my dreadful attempts at the French language? So I'll probably take my recording equipment with me and maybe continue to deliver a weekly episode. But as I say, not only am I in a reflective mood because I'm back home, but two or three days ago I realised that the the daily downloads suddenly changed. They reduced quite uh, dramatically. And I checked on iTunes and Passing Places has been trending in the top ten or even the top five. Number one at one point and new and noteworthy. And I've been reading online, doing a bit of research that you're featured on new and noteworthy for maybe up to ten, twelve weeks. And then that's it, because you're no longer new. So Passing Places is now uh, an established podcast. It's not uh, it's not featured on iTunes. And it's quite a dramatic drop in the downloads. So it uh, is reminding me I need to spend a bit more time uh, doing my blog uh, and also promoting my podcast on social media. So if you can help in any way, uh, keep uh, putting those reviews on iTunes if you haven't uh, already placed the review on iTunes that would really help and if you are following Passing Places on Facebook or Twitter then a share or a retweet would be really appreciated one thing I have noticed when I've been out and about in my travels when I mention to people the fact that I do a weekly podcast uh, a sort of veil of mist drops in the they genuinely don't uh, know much about podcasting or how to listen to a podcast. So the fact that you're listening just now, you're one of the people that have got beyond that. And it's the only obstacle, I think, still remaining, is that uh, podcasting and podcasts aren't reaching the audience that uh, would be actually interested in listening because people don't yet know how to access podcasts with the development of smartphones. Every smartphone, which is your iPhone, your Android phone, your Windows phone, they all have the ability to uh, play podcasts and they all have podcast applications. It's native to the iTunes 
sorry, the iPhone software and also the Windows phone has uh, podcasting built into the operating system. And if you have an Android phone, you have to download an app from the Android store. But once you've got a podcasting app on your phone, you can nip in and search for passing places and you'll find it. And then you can subscribe and the podcast will automatically be updated on your phone. So you can listen through your earbuds and similarly with a, an iPad. So the most recent uh, statistics I've seen are that uh, mobile devices, which is mainly phones and tablets, now account for 53% of all uh, podcast listening. And that's going to continue to increase in the weeks, months and years ahead. So there is going to be a far bigger audience who will access podcasts. And I certainly hope that uh, I can keep uh, producing weekly episodes and that I'll reach more and more people in the next uh, six months to a year or so. If you can help in any way, mention to your friends if you enjoy the podcast and give them a little bit of uh, technical support in terms of how to access the podcast. Because as I say, most people I've met on my travels uh, don't know how to do it. And it's amazing the inertia or the difficulty in overcoming those steps. So a lot of people just put it to one side and forget about it. But I've found podcasts uh, over the last year or two to be the most enjoyable media I can consume. Now, you may remember Kate from New Zealand who sent me a really nice voicemail some weeks ago on the podcast. And I was mentioning to Kate on Twitter that I was listening to an astronomy podcast. And she put me on to Hardcore History, which is a podcast produced by Dan Carlin. And... I can't thank you enough, Kate. I've downloaded a number of episodes and Dan Carlin's uh, podcast, Hardcore History, really is worth a listen. One of the episodes I've downloaded is five and a half hours long, enough to get me to the north coast of Scotland from the Central Belt. And it's just one of many that are really, really enjoyable. So if you are listening to this podcast, then... You may well be listening to others, and if you can recommend any, then just get in touch and let me know. If you do like astronomy or would like to find out some uh, information about astronomy podcasts, the three I would mention that are really worthwhile are Astronomy Cast, and it uh, covers a lot of the basics of astronomy, but they also have a, like a, a hangout where they have a number of people on the show at one time. Uh, it's really enjoyable. There's the Jodcast, which is a monthly show which comes from the Jodrell Bank Observatory near Manchester. It's uh, much more in-depth and technical. And finally, there's the Silicon Valley Astronomy Lecture Series uh, podcast, which uh, they only come out periodically every month or two, but it's a guest speaker, an expert, a world expert in their field, and the lecture can last perhaps an hour and a half. And I just can't get enough of those three podcasts, so... There's um, some astronomy podcasts for you. So if you do know of any good podcasts and you're listening to podcasts, then certainly get in touch and recommend a few. I'm really on the lookout for podcasts on all sorts of topics. Now, one other thing I'd like to mention before I finish, and you, you may have noticed or you might not have noticed, that there's no advertising of any kind on passing places. It's just my own personal podcast. But there are ongoing costs involved for hosting, particularly my media files, because I can't host them on my own website because if 100 people want to download a 20 meg audio file at the same time, my 
internet provider would probably shut me down, so I have to pay for a specialist media host. So from the very start, I put a little Amazon banner adverts on all my pages, and after three months, uh, nobody had clicked them, <laughs> which uh, wasn't that surprising, really. But we were chatting on the beach over our barbecue, and I mentioned it to my sister Katie, I said, if you or anybody, and most people shop at Amazon sometime, if you visit the Amazon store through one of my banner links on any of my pages, then I get a little commission. So we were sitting there talking about the merits of buying a windbreak, and before I knew it, she'd been on to Amazon through my site and ordered two windbreaks. I can't remember, they weren't very much, but uh, it uh, resulted in passing places getting a pound. So my very first uh, contribution. So there's a way to support the podcast. If you're going to shop at Amazon, just click on any of the banners on my site and uh, I'll keep you all posted if uh, I receive any money from Amazon. So it's a relatively brief episode. I am home. I've not got a lot to report. Uh, There's no point in rambling on. So I'd like to finish off by really thanking you for continuing to listen. And I hope to build uh, quite a close community around the podcast in the weeks and months ahead. So to keep in touch, you'll find me on Twitter, at Bonnie Tours. Why don't you follow me? And I'll follow you back if you want to keep in touch. Find me on Facebook, at... uh, Go into the search box and type in Passing Places Podcast and you'll find the the group. I think there's two or three hundred people in that group already. And you'll find all the up-to-date information about the podcast there. Also visit my website, bonnietours.com and comment on any of the content on the the website. And finally, I do mention sometimes my uh, YouTube channel. And I've changed the name. It used to be PMK Challenge, so it's now... I think you'll find it under Kevin Scullion. And the number of views on my YouTube channel have really continued to accelerate. And it's all down to my little four-legged friend, Skid. I made a little training video, which was was about five minutes long. Because when Skid was very young, I did five minutes of proper training with him every day. And I just recorded this little video for my own uh, memory. But I ended up, I put it on YouTube. Now, I think it's a wee bit repetitive. But the videos gradually got more and more popular. And Little Skiddy Boy is now getting uh, 5,000 views a month. And it continues to grow every month. So he's becoming a little bit of a celebrity on YouTube. And it's doing wonders for my YouTube channel. So it won't be long before there's 100,000 views. So if you pop onto YouTube and type in Kevin Scullion you'll hopefully find the Bonnie Tours um, video page. And more importantly, you'll find 40 or 50 videos of my travels around Scotland. So I'm going to finish here just now. And please, please keep in touch and keep listening. Um, I'm really looking for some feedback and I'm keen to get some people on the podcast to interview them over Skype. There's one or two people I've been speaking to that uh, you'll hear in the next few weeks. So... Stay safe, and if you're ever in Scotland on your travels, then I hope I can bump into you somewhere, and I'll speak soon. Thanks. I'll play out with uh, Mary Green's Passing Places.